Hey there guys, welcome to the Andrew Baxter Podcast. As always, I'm joined by my wingman here, Mr. Mitch Olorenshaw. How are you, buddy? Absolutely honoured to be your wingman, Mr. Baxter. How are you doing today? Oh, mate, that's just too big a statement, I think. I'm, uh, I'm very well, thank you. Well, that's very really well. good. So what have we got today? What are we covering? We are talking about money and kids, something I don't know much about because I've never had kids, but mm. I'm hoping you could shed some light on that for me. Yeah, well, I have a few, so... Well, let's talk about it. Money and kids. Okay. Where do you start, right? Oh man, that's an interesting one. So anyone that's watching this, you've got a family, um, you know, th this whole game of winning money, winning the game of money, um, starts off quite often by the DNA plant that we put into our kids from an early age. A lot of psychology uh, research that shows, um, you know, the relationship your kids have with money is often formed as they're growing up, as it is with most things in life in sure. terms of the values your kids have, yeah. So what values do we give our kids when it comes to money? Do we give them everything? Do we want them to have a better quality of life than we had? Uh, do we want them to walk to school barefoot in the snow and know what it's like Send to be tough? off, yeah, what exactly. And, and it's a very tricky one, isn't it? Um, you know, emotionally, particularly. Uh, and, and, and if we start at that point, it's a, an emotional decision. Most decisions you make in life based on emotions never end well. Uh, you know, Don't have emotions. Mm, Cold-hearted you know, robots. Easy to say as a uh, as a uh, hard-nosed trader, but <laughs> I, I, you know, I look at my kids and I melt. So of course emotions uh, kick in. But um, I think decisions that you typically make that are based on an emotional response definitely sure. uh, aren't as well thought out as, as if you've got a, a bit of a game plan in mind. So, right. so how do you set yourself uh, or your kids up for success? And you know, let's talk about pocket money, let's talk about whether you reward them, uh, whether you get them to do chores, all Allowance. these things. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. So what did your mum and dad would do with you? Well, what do they still do with you? What I, yeah, <laughs> 20 grand a month, I think, is about. Okay. No, no, I'm only kidding. Um, for me, I started off just getting paid for chores. I think it was like five bucks to take mm. the rubbish out and five bucks, two bucks here and whatever. Mm. Um, my parents, once I started getting older, I started going to the movies with my friends and I started saying, can I have money for this? Can I have money for that? They got to the point where they said, Mitch, we're just going to give you $50 a week and you can spend it on whatever you like. It'll mm. just go into an account. Here's a credit or a debit card. Spend it on whatever, but that's it. 50 bucks, that's your max. Okay. And for me, I think it taught me really good lessons early on on how to budget because I couldn't just go and spend on whatever. At the start, it was really fun because I'd go and buy T-shirts online and all this other stuff. Mm. But I had to manage it. I had $50 a week and if I didn't spend it, I had 100 the next week. And, and that was a good lesson. It was really tough. I like that. There's a, there's a lot to be said, and budgeting is a huge thing for most people in life. And if you look at how those lessons start, again, at more formative years, uh, you know, we meet people an awful lot and we do events and, and they'd like to get started with their investing journey, but they've got no savings because they've not been able to budget. And often people will say, I don't have any savings because I, I, don't, have an, I don't earn enough. And that's typically a story. Uh, and I had this conversation with someone, and, uh, and if they're watching, uh, well, they'll remember the conversation. I was trying to help them, I'm sure. And they say, look, I just don't have any money. I can't do that. So can I have a look at your phone? And they've whipped out the latest iPhone. And it's like, okay, there's a $1,200, $1,300 phone, and you don't have any money. You do have money. It's just how and where you choose to spend it. Well, you've got an iPhone 5 right now, wouldn't you? Uh, which one is that? iPhone 2, iPhone 1. You know, I know you're way behind the times, oh, that's all. Definitely. Mine's got a wooden keyboard. <laughs> it's an old one, but it works, which is, I'd have the Nokia brick. It makes phone better. calls, right? That's all you want it to exactly do. Exactly right. We do business on it. We get deals done, which is which is what it's about. But I think, um, you know, back to that, that notion of being able to budget, if you can set your kids up with that ability to, um, to better save uh, or, or to better plan out what they're going to spend on is very important. And if there's someone from government watching this, learning to budget, very, very important part of not spending more than you earn, uh, that's how you make an economy work and that's how you make a household work. Um, it's how you make life work. Um, you know, people often say, you know, what's the number one key to success when it comes to money? And step one is spend less than you earn. 
Makes sense, Simple right? And then with the fat that's left over, the savings, you can then start to get your money working and growing. Sure. And don't get me wrong, that's hard. A lot of people out there that are week to week and it can be very, very difficult. But you can also, quite often we see this within a financial planning business actually, um, you know, you get someone to come in and they do a fact find and you go, I just don't have any money. And you go, and you look through and see what it's being spent on. You look at the last two, three credit card statements and you know, and they've got a, um, maybe they get two coffees a day. Okay, that's hardly sitting high on the hog. $7.50, right? Easily, probably let's say 10 bucks for most people, two coffees, right? Yeah. $10, that's 50 a week, right? It's 25 grand a year. Wow. Two, no, sorry, two and a half grand two a year. Half a big grand year. Two and a half grand a year. When you think about that, it's yeah, but It's not two and a half grand a year, is it? Because that's after tax. So you know, if you're taxed at 30%, yeah, you got to be earning what thirty four hundred bucks, something like that. We get your inflation as well, there, couldn't yeah. we? You got thirty four hundred a year of your salary is on coffee, and you just have to do today. You know, and that's how money can go. And oh. it's not about being miserly and going to the Seven Eleven. Oh. If you want a coffee, have a coffee. I can only imagine what my shopping bill would be on coffee <laughs> because I'm a six or seven a day man. Yes, well, there you go. Good job. We've got a good barista in our office just yeah, to keep well, you fueled up, right? Yeah. So you know, you look at these things, and it's patterns of behaviour. Uh, and, and, and the quality of life down the track, that horizon mindset starts with the kids. Let's get back on point. Let's talk about sure. what we do with our kids. So, you know, do you teach them to save? And I remember, um, you know, at school, and the Commonwealth Bank did a great job of it here in Australia too. You get your little tin money box and you start to save up the coins. And Very smart. Mm, client for life, you know, the brand, uh, and that DNA is ingrained that that is where you go to save. And it starts, and it's such a smart lesson. Um, but where do kids get their money to save from? And that then comes down to, a lot, I believe, in terms of what their attitude toward money really is. Sure. So I think I've got a very good friend in the US, extremely wealthy guy, very well-known identity, and his whole notion of giving your kids pocket money, and I had this conversation with him not so long ago, and he's a wise man, he's in his 70s now, and, and, and he's literally started from being dirt poor, the guy is like, an Uber multi. Well, I'm, it, I'm it, dying it, to know who he is. I know you're not going to yeah. tell me, but I am dying. I said, what's your view when with your kids, Jack? What did you do um, pocket money-wise? You've obviously been very successful. He's like, yeah. He said, uh, I don't believe in pocket money. I said, well, okay, um, why is that? And he said, pocket money is child welfare. And it's always stuck with me as a quote. It's child welfare. You've got your hand out. You're receiving something week in, week out without doing anything for it. And therefore, you don't really value what's going in your hand because it becomes something that just happens on autopilot week in and week out. And, and, and he, he, he certainly was particularly hard with his kids in that respect, but he was also building them up to have an in, he's not, he's not passed away, but at some point in time he will, and the inheritance that they're gonna have, they will need to have good values around money in order to continue the work that he's done, the foundation certainly. stuff, whereas if you've just got your hand out. So yeah, and, and, and that, that's really shaped what my perception is with my kids, yeah, I've got three now, I've got another one that's due uh, very, very shortly. Um, and that whole notion of giving them pocket money is unconscionable to me. I never had pocket money when I was a kid, I had a pretty poor upbringing, but it's child welfare. And if you set someone up with that welfare mindset at day one, at day one, that belief system is gonna be with you for the rest of your life. So how does a young child learn to manage their money if they're not you know, if they're not getting pocket money, but they're too young to work, okay. for example, how, how do they possibly learn how to manage it? Okay, so the, okay, you want to better give your kids money, but in order to give them money, is it for chores? Okay. Or, or so is it for something else? Right, okay. Now, I, I happened to bump into a buddy of mine this week, we were at the, uh, uh, his, his four kids go to the same school as mine, and we were chatting away, and, and he said, like, instead of, instead of um, paying for chores, he's paying them to read. You read a book, 
give you something for reading it. Not just skim it, but read it and understand it. We'll talk about what you've read about. Wow. Now, you mentioned earlier, just before we, uh, we went on air, you know, uh, in terms of report cards, what did your folks do with you? As, well, essentially with me, once I got to, I think, about grade six, mm. it was every A was 20 bucks. Mm. So for me, being in grade six, I thought- Why do you drive a BMW? Yeah. <laughs> I thought, oh my God, if I do eight subjects at 20 bucks a pop, I could make a killing here. Yeah. And, and that's there's four terms in a year and you work that out. It works to be, you know, for a 12 year old, it's quite a lot. Yeah. It, it really drove me to get good marks and thankfully I did. Yeah, you're a straight A student, absolutely. Exactly, yeah. and and I, and I honestly think that that was part of it. It mm. wasn't just the $20, it was the whole striving for mm. something and getting the results along mm. the way, really powerful. Absolutely, and, I, and I, this is gonna be, I, I suspect this is gonna be quite a controversial broadcast. You know, people looking, they'll either agree, disagree. <laughs> and, and look, the idea of this, we're not on our soapbox um, trying to, trying to uh, you know, brainwash people into a particular mindset, but having spent 27 years of coaching people in the area of money and seeing those that succeed and those that don't, there are, history repeats itself, behavior patterns show over and over again, and there is an awful lot of experience into the points that we're making right now. And there's no right or wrong answer because because it's everyone's choice as to how they exactly. raise their household. Sure. It's a question of what, and, and everyone, any sane person wants their children to succeed and to have a good quality of life. Totally. But it's that harder work at the start that rips the benefit down the track. So, so money for getting grades, interesting concept. Money for chores, and I, I remember as I was getting older, if I did work around the house, um, you know, and there were things that were expected as being a, a member of the household sure. that weren't on the meter, so to speak. Well, you've, and, got, to, you've got to clear your plate, you've exactly got to put in right. the dishwasher, right? But then there are the other things to say, right, I can give you, I'll clean the windows or wash the car or mow the lawns or whatever it might be. Sure. Uh, it, it is an extracurricular and that might be something that you, you, you then um, get some pocket money for. You've earned it though. So it's not welfare. There's an exchange of service for it. Therefore, instead of saying, okay, I've got five bucks or 20 bucks or whatever it might be, you know that that $20 actually carries an inherent value associated with it, which is an hour of your time cleaning the car or digging the garden or whatever it may be. So it suddenly has much, much more value than someone just putting it in your hand for nothing. Totally. And as a consequence, you treat it with a lot more respect. And that's an important lesson with money is that it's not something to be frightened of, it's not a tacky subject to talk about, it's something that requires stewardship. And I don't mean that to sound pompous, which it probably does, but when you've got a lot of it, there is a requirement that you do good things with that too. That's all part of it. And we can talk about tithing and donations and all those different things down the track. But the reality is there's a, there's a standard of behavior surrounding money if you want to be successful with it. So, if you look at goal setting, and this is interesting because this kind of tilts the approach that your parents have taken with you on its head insofar sure. as the idea of rewarding someone for an outcome, they, they should want to do the thing for the outcome itself rather than the reward. Yes. Which is another way of shaping it. But at the same time, you've got to build that interest sometimes in people. You know what I mean? So you know, if you're not great at physics and you need to get an A for it, you're gonna do the work. Okay, there's a reward at the end of it, but it should be the reward itself of getting the A. Is good enough. Money. Yeah, and so you have gotta be very careful that you don't blur the lines of you only then start doing things for money. You're almost prostituting yourself out when you do that. Totally. So I'll only do something if, it's, if there's enough in it for me. Again, that's the other side of the coin, which is the wrong side too. I don't believe in welfare, and I don't believe in you know sacrificing your morals or whatever it might be just for mm, money. It, sure. There's got to be something in the middle that you stand for. Totally. And I think with me going back to that great example at the start when they told me, "Okay, Mitch, you get an A. It's twenty dollars." I was like, "Oh my god, it's twenty dollars!" And when you start getting more and more A's, you actually realise it's not just the money; it's the satisfaction of getting the A as well. Mm. When you put them together, mm. powerful combination. Absolutely. It's it comes like a learning lesson. Absolutely. Of, it's not just about the end result; it's yeah. actually about the journey. 
and, and, and that's what it should be. Uh, you know, it's a reinforcement of behavior and then that behavior becomes the norm and then you can raise the bar and go again. So let's take a step out of that for a moment. So, you know, if, you, if you're giving your kids pocket money or, or if you're giving them uh, money for doing chores or unbeknownst to them, you, you, you're having an offset account where maybe you throw 20 bucks a week into there as a savings account for them. So if they go to uni, they've got some money for, but whatever it might be, if, you, if you're doing that, what do you do with the cash? That's the key thing. And the big challenge for a lot of people is that if you're holding cash at the bank, it earns nothing right now. Interest rates are 0.75%. So you're putting money, uh, cash at the bank, getting nothing back on it is really just the principle that you've put in. You've got to get that money working harder for them. And that's kind of our gig in terms of helping people make more on that. But turning that back in to look at how you relate with your kids and money and how you can set them up for success. Teaching them how to budget, which you mentioned, you know, here's your 50 mitts, you can spend it how you want, uh, within reason, um, is a hugely important skill, learning how to budget. And many people go through life without really being able to do that. So one of the things that perhaps is an idea is to sit down with, with a piece of paper every week and say, well, okay, here, here's what you've got coming in. What are you intending to do with it? And look and see what those numbers look like. And uh, my dad's view, uh, my father's quite frugal. Uh, he's also quite wealthy, um, but he's, he's quite frugal insofar as um, he always taught me when I was younger, if you don't have money, you'll always want something you can't have. It's that allure. But if you can afford it, you'll never want it. Wow. Yeah, and it's so true because it's always that sort of out of reach thing that gets you there. And uh, and if you actually sit back and, and start with that sheet of paper and do budgeting, this is a number, this is what you want. Uh, and, and you've only got 50 to go around or 20 or whatever the number might be in your household. And you want to spend it on this and you want to spend it on that. Do you really want to spend $25 on this t-shirt? Is, is it that important to you? And that way you're starting to, I guess from a kid's perspective, from a developmental point of view, start to learn that you can't have everything and you have to make a decision and it's a trade-off. I can have this or I can have these. Do I really want that? And if I don't, well, it'd be better off not spending the money on something I don't need and I don't want and focusing on something that I do. And they're, they're really baby steps. And we're not talking like teenagers right now. We're talking about younger kids, um, you know, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Um, got to be 12 because that's the end of the teen years, right? <laughs> um, and, and getting that conditioning that you can't have everything. Mm. You, you can have whatever you want in life. That's not the message I'm giving here, but it's not about having everything. It's about choosing what you want and how much you want it and carving the cake up to suit that. Sure. Of course, as kids get older, the, 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 the goalposts move, there's peer pressure and all sorts of things like there's that. There's afterpay. Mm, and then there's afterpay too. Uh, and I think for a lot of parents, that, that peer pressure that their kids are under is massively stressful. And, and you know that notion of, well, so-and-so gets this, why can't I have that? Everyone's household budget is stretched. And I, I think for me, I can definitely add to that. I, I was lucky enough to go to a private school right from mm. prep to grade 12. And, you, you know, it was such a disparity of what some kids were getting. I mean, some kids were getting a brand new Range Rover at 17 mm. just for getting their license. Yeah. Other kids had to pay for their two grand Holden or whatever it may be, mm. right? No, no discrimination. But I, I think this it's such a disparity of what parents are actually willing to do for their kids. And, mm. But how do you measure, I mean, what's right and what's wrong? It does become relative, doesn't it? I mean, if, you, if, you, if your net number is 100 mil and your child wants a car, but then the question is, if you give them a Range Rover, that's welfare. What are they working for, right? Give them you, a, got it. You, you, you want a car? And I, I mean, I'm, I'm a long way from this. My kids are much younger. Um, but already you start to see that on a, on a, on a, 
on a lower level with sure. different things, toys, for example. Yeah. But if you if you take that car question, I had this conversation with my wife and my wife's uh, parents, my in-laws, they're both teachers. Yeah, so not in a high paid job, they did well, they did some good investing and so on. And they helped my wife when she was um, got a driver's license to get a car. And I think that sort of idea of say, okay, you save, and this is sort of sits in the back of my mind how I sort of see things panning out down the track. So you say, you save from doing your chores and any other income you have. And whatever you want to put into a car will match. My parents did the exact same thing mm. to me, funnily enough. It's crazy mm. how that goes around. And, and that way, you're both invested in it. You're not going to look at a car that you've paid for sitting outside dirty with ding rims and no. not being looked after because you've got skin in the game that you've had to put your hard work into it. So, again, it goes back to that value of this is this is what I've had to do to earn this yeah. money, so I'm going to look after it. Sure. Um, you know, that, that's an important lesson in itself. Um, and then by matching it, and potentially even as a surprise, that's like, I wasn't expecting that, that's a nice thing to do. And, and, and I really do grapple with that question, and you know, you, you sit at a certain level of success in life, you know, okay, to me it's just unconscionable that you would buy your kid a luxury car, whether you can afford it or not, because what's to strive for? I and all you and, and, and you're almost stealing, them. you're not helping, you, you want a car, you can get a car that gets you from A to B that's safe, that's reliable, um, and so on, all the core factors you want from it. Sure. Now, if you want to go and up the ante and have a Range Rover, well, that also gets you from A to B, but it's in that next bracket. And all I'm really doing is spoon feeding you and stealing your drive, no pun intended, we're talking about cars, but your drive of what you could succeed, you don't need to because you can keep sucking on the bottle. And you know, and you see, and I don't have a chip on my shoulder about this. This wasn't <laughs> how I grew up as a kid. I mean, as you know, I had a tough upbringing. But you see, kids in wealthy families that achieve nothing, even though they've had everything put on a silver platter, and yet you see people that have started with nothing do very well because they're more hungry. And I think you know, the the, the mortal sin as a parent you can do is is steal your kids' dreams or drive by doing too much for them. And sure. that's a very, very, very difficult balance. Uh, it's something you grapple with as a parent. I was gonna say, I mean, there's that nice medium of giving your kids a really nice life, right? Mm. Maybe matching them on a car deposit or whatever it may mm. be. So where's that, I mean, you've got young kids. Now they're gonna start needing money for various things. Where do you balance it? I mean, what's the, what's the level? Is it 20 bucks a week? Is it 100? Is it a car? I mean, what is it? Well, they're, they're too young to, to, to be at that point in time where they, 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 they have their own discretionary spend uh, at this point in time. But we're already conditioning them in terms of doing stuff around the house. And I don't mean in terms of slave labor, sure. but just helping and doing different things and building that sort of family unit. And sometimes, um, you know, if everything you do is for reward, you lose those those values of being a family, where mm -hmm. you're a unit, which is incredibly important. Yeah, you know, and you know, there are a lot of people in broken families, and there are people in in non-conventional structured families in in just about every permutation that you can have. But those values as a unit, I think, are very very important. They're the glue that hold you together in the good times and the bad. Um, and, and I think, you know, if you, if, if you overshadow that with it being a dollar transaction, you start to lose it. And I'm a long way from having to do this with my children. I'm probably five, six, seven years away from that becoming a reality. So I've got time. Plenty of time. To work on what my, my, my strategy or our strategy, my wife and I, our strategy is going to be with them. Unfortunately, we're very much on the same page. But that idea of matching and, and, and being in it together comes back to that family unit that we do things together. And I, and I think that's such an important value to have outside of money um, is that it's us as a family and then there's the world. And, and, and I think that's massively important. If you start to bleed um, money through that where you 
you make things a, a reward for doing, yeah, I think you lose a lot of that. And that's that, that's not something that sets you up for success. Yeah, and it, it, it is really tough. I mean, there's that expectation, uh, you know, even at 10, 11, 12 years old, really quite young, to look a certain way or to have certain things. Mm. And your only source of income is your parents. You can't mm. go and get a job because you're too young. But then again, you don't want to be putting out your hand for, oh, hi, mom, can I have 200 bucks for this? Mm. I mean, it's so hard. And looking forward, I mean, to many of our members here who might be having kids or have young kids right now, what, what's your advice? What's mm. your key takeaways? Look, you, you need the wisdom of Solomon to answer that question. I think every family unit is different, uh, but what we're all about is, is, is helping people on their journey to become better with money, more comfortable with it, and, and make better decisions around it. And this is an area that does require a lot of thought. As a parent, as a family, in a couple, in a relationship, it, it requires a lot of thought. We do have to budget. Budgeting is not a bad thing. It gives you an idea where your money goes. And I can assure you, when we talk to our clients in financial planning, they go, really, I spend that much? Yes, you do. <laughs> and then there's nothing wrong with that. You can have a box for fun and you put some money in there which is your fun thing maybe sure. you like to have a bit of a go on the horses at the way it doesn't matter what it is as long as it's budgeted for it's okay totally but you've got to get that budget in order it doesn't have to be a chore it's a it's a very very it's the backbone of any kind of financial success and that needs to then rub off on your kids to set them up for success too that you can't spend more than um that you have coming in secondly um do you want it or do you need it and that's something that's like, as you mentioned, with fashion and things like that, there's a lot of pressure on adolescents, teenagers, kids in general in that space uh, where I need to have this uh, to fit into the crew. Well, your identity has got nothing to do with the brand of the sneakers you're wearing. It's you as a person. And that can easily get wrapped up. And, and, and again, you talk about bullying. It's a bigger subject around that. But sure. you know, that self-confidence that comes from knowing that you're not just a, a brand label. Um, Sitting down and actually working with your kids and saying, okay, you know, if you want this, okay, what can we work on as, as a project together? Um, you help me with this and I will help you get that. And again, it fosters that relationship, not just because it's a, a commercial relationship, but it's, it, it's something, um, you know, you help me, I help you. It builds up that sort of trade-off, I suppose, in terms of, of values around money. It's a massively difficult subject. As I say, this will be very controversial. There'll be people that do like giving their kids pocket money because they can, and it's their choice whether they do that or not. And there'll be people that wholeheartedly disagree with doing that because they do see it as being child welfare sure. and they're setting themselves up. Uh, and it's a question of finding what that balance looks like for you. But it's, it's also a conversation that many people shirk away from because it's hard. And in life, the, the harder the, the, the topic that you're talking about and the brutal honesty that you can bring to it, the truth will set you free. Totally. You, you've got to be brutally honest and really look at these things and, and think about what precedent do you want to set for your kids for the rest of their life? Are they going to be people that are free thinkers, uh, that have goals and drive and ambition and do things for themselves? Or are they going to want to suck on the bottle for the rest of their life? You know, you're 34 years old, living in the box room oh, upstairs, wow. and you, uh, sitting on the couch, uh, ordering Uber Eats to the house. I mean, is that really what you want for your kids? I don't know. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. You know what? It's really good. I really appreciate the honesty, and mm. I look forward to um, to what your kids have to go through. It sounds like they've got a, a really tough ride ahead of them, <laughs> the poor things. So I send, send them my wishes for me. <laughs> Not at all. I think, you know, I, I think your goal as any parent, or certainly the way I would see it, um, your goal as, your, as a parent is to is to build your kids to 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 build the character, build a good character, and to have the confidence to go for what they want out of life, uh, and and to not necessarily have to rely on other people for it. To have that inner strength to be prepared to give it a go, and at the same time not be shy about asking for help. You know, character is about asking for help when you need it too. Um, but having that fortitude to give it a go and 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 to be 
self-reliant to an extent and you'll always be there as a parent to pick them up if they fall over and to be there as a mentor and as a guide or financially if you need to backstop something you can always be there to do that but let them have their go first sure as opposed to or handle this for you right you know you think about the old story of the um butterfly emerging out of the um pupae um you know it was a caterpillar it's gone in there it starts to emerge and if you see it struggling which they do to get out of there and and, and you break the, the 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 thing open so that they can get out they never learn how to fly because their wings don't develop the strength that they need and you know and, and that's a, an interesting analogy when it comes to money they've got to be able to cut their own way and if you choose to leave an inheritance that's fantastic but at least if they've got the skill to either manage it or respect it or, or, or to be able to have done things in their own way under their own steam they're going to treat that very differently than someone going hey, hey i've just won the lottery yeah, let's sure. go buy an island and have some fun wow you know? yeah look many good lessons there and i think there's a there's a lot of key takeaways that we can pull from this it's it's been an absolute pleasure we we wrap this up now andrew so thank you very much my pleasure mitch I'd be interested to see what the feedback is on this and uh, uh, because I do think it'll be a controversial one and there's no right answer to it. You know, we're just giving what our views are uh, because that's what we talk about is sure. what our, our lenses look at. Uh, but it is such a difficult area for parents uh, and kids when they look at how they're being treated compared to, to their peer group. It's very, very difficult. And, and it, as a consequence, it is something that's worth putting some thought into. So hopefully we've sort of generated some ideas. <laughs> Controversy and opinion as always. And if it gives you a bit of an idea uh, to try something different or something new, then we've done the right thing. But get them set up with a savings account. If they're doing some chores, get that money gradually saving so they don't spend it all. So in that budget, there's going to be a circle around something which is saving, which is about growing your investment portfolio down the track. And you know, if you look at most people that struggle financially, it's probably because they didn't have those lessons when they were younger. There you go. Seven-year-old financial ninjas. I look forward to seeing the results. <laughs> exactly what it is. Great as always to be joining you guys this week, guys. And uh, we'll look forward to look forward to chatting soon, whether it's about budgeting or whether it's about investing or whether it's about something that relates to this game of money, because that's the space that we're in. Chat soon.